The first reading can be found on page 740 in the Pew Bibles from the book of Isaiah, chapter 53, from verse 1. Who believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering, like one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. As a sheep before her shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And who can speak of his descendants? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was stricken. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life a guilt offering, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear my iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death, and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. And the second reading can be found on page 1082. From the book of John, chapter 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, so that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going? Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. 
This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everyone. Let's just bow our heads and pray. Father, we pray that you'd speak a word into our lives, that our souls may live, and that we may serve you better in this world. Amen. Friends, um, as you know, we're doing this series on um, Martin Luther, and um, he was, it's, it's 500 years since Martin Luther nailed his 95 theses to the door of the church of Wittenberg, and it started this thing, which is the Refor- started the Reformation, which, 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 which was the, the major thing to happen in the whole of Christianity um, in, t- in terms of Christian history. For, for, yeah. And all sorts of things changed as a result of that. And we are studying Martin Luther because, well, we'd, I, asked to, I asked to preach this because when I was a young warthog, about the same age as old Will, Martin Luther was the person whom I just devoured. I devoured his writings because his, he, 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 I just loved it. I loved it. <laughs> I think I might have loved it in a prophetic way because he was a man who stood for principle. And, and, and in my ministry and in all that I did with Mary, Mr. Mugabe, I was standing for, for the principles of, of right, right and justice. But there was a book which I mentioned last week, Table Talk, which when I came over to Wycliffe to study for the ministry, because this book by Martin Luther had meant so much for me, I gave the book away to another young man. <laughs> I can't remember any, anymore who he was. I think it was Mark Egan. But anyway, I gave the book away. And I've mourned the loss of the book ever since. Because I was doing this series and I mentioned it to Ian... I went online, and you can get Table Talk. I've spent a week rereading Table Talk. So this is a, a man who I deeply admire. But the honor in the sermon, I hope, will go to Jesus. Because Martin Luther was firm that you and I are safe now and in all eternity in Christ. We are safe. He is sufficient. He's going to hold us. He has bound up his life with ours. Martin Luther was in a time when times were changing. We had already had uh, John Wycliffe in England, 200 years almost before Luther. He had been teaching what Luther had discovered about Christ and about this thing called justification by faith alone. And, And he would have been burned at the stake, except that the... 
um, Oxford University shielded him. And that's how he escaped with his life. John Huss, in Czechoslovakia, a hundred years before Luther, he wasn't so... He wasn't so safe, and, and, he, and, he, and he taught about this great belief that faith alone is what we need, faith in Christ, and Huss was burned at the stake. Um, but his movement carried on, interestingly, but he himself died. We are Anglicans, and we're Anglicans, and Cranmer, who, who, who was himself burned at the stake... Cranmer, who set up the Book of Common Prayer and, and everything that we, 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 we love about the Anglican Church, it was, he was influenced by Luther, not by Calvin. Because Calvin was the other great reformer at the same time, contemporary, contemporary of Luther. And so in, in, a, in the Anglican Church, we still wear the robes. I know I'm not wearing a robe now, but... But if I had to, I probably could. Um, or I would, but anyway. And they kept things. They kept things like bishops. They kept the saints' days. We still have St. Saint, Saint Luke's Day. We have St. Saint, Saint Matthew's Day and all that. We, they, we kept that, whereas the other more extreme, the, the, the Calvinists, they were chucking all that out. Uh, we kept bishops and, and priests and deacons and that got all chucked up by the, by, 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 by the Calvinists. They replaced them with elders and stuff like that. So what I'm saying is that our spirituality as Anglicans, our identity is very close to the Lutheran identity because of the influence that Luther had on Cranmer, who was the Anglican, the, the Bishop of Canterbury, Around uh, about that time or a bit later. So, how was it then that if there, all these people were dying, how was it that, that, that Martin Luther sparked this thing and, that, and it was able to be kept going and, and he didn't die? What, what, was, what were the other things going on? Well, to give you some context, by that time... The Catholic Church had, be, start, had been forgetting the fundamental things of the faith and, and had become very greedy for money and, and had become corrupt. And, and the corruption was deepening and it got more and more and more corrupt. And Luther himself, he was at, a, a monk I'll tell you a little bit more about him just now, but he was a monk, and he went as a, a monk, he went on a pilgrimage to, uh, to Rome to, 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 and, and, and did whatever he had to do um, in, in, in Rome. But when he was there and he was watching what, what others were doing in the Catholic Church, he, he got quite disgusted. He got disgusted by the greed and the corruption that he was seeing. And, and he started to... Not sort of doubt whether this is this is you know this is this is all good. So there was the corruption going on in the Catholic Church. The the there were other thinkers at the same time, and that was helping to keep 
the whole Reformation thing going. I've mentioned them already, John Calvin particularly, but a chap called Philip Melanchthon as well. Politically, what was going on was the German princes were getting tired of the amount of wealth that was going out to Rome. They were tired of the, the, the way the poor were giving money and it was going out of their countries. Remember that as the money goes out and nothing comes in, you're just making, you're keep, you're making your country poorer and poorer and poorer all the time. So politically, the princes were looking for, they weren't happy with the, with, with the setup between the Pope and, and, and the Holy Roman Empire and, 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 and all that. And then the other thing that was also going on at the same time was a technological change. They invented the printing press. It was massive, massive change. Hey? Because they'd invented the printing press, th- those 95 theses went up on the door of the, of, the, of, of, the, of the church at Wittenberg. And the very next day, they were widely circulated to the German people. About a year and a half, two years later, when Luther translated the Bible into German so that they could could read it in their own language, they printed it. And it it disseminated amongst the people. People started reading the word in their own language. So this, this spark was able to, 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 to really ignite and spread. Very similar to what we're seeing with the internet these days. This is, this is just a massive, massive change. The, f- the, the supply of information sped up massively. So that was sort of the stuff going on on the bigger picture. What about Luther himself? Luther was born into a wealthy, a wealthy family, and, and his father wanted him to, to, to go into business and everything like that. But he got caught in a thunderstorm. And while he was in the thunderstorm, he was so terrified that he was going hit, to get hit by a bolt of lightning that he made a vow that he would go and become a monk. Yeah? And that's what he did. He joined an Augustinian order. That's from St. Augustus. And, and became a very, very pious monk. He would do penances. He'd do confession. He'd go to the masses. He, he was very, very, very pious. But his problem was, in the, in the belief system of that time, you, you had your sins, yes, and you had to confess your sins in order to be forgiven. So, as a monk, he would go and confess his sins. You wonder what sins monks get up to, but anyway, he would go and confess his sins. Yeah? But he was always worried that there was a sin which somehow he'd, not, he'd forgotten about and he hadn't remembered it. Because if, if there's a sin that, that's been forgotten, then he's not forgiven. And that's a problem. So then he was spending time searching, searching for his sins, 
to, to, to remember them all in order to confess them so that he could get forgiveness. And the more he thought about his sins, the less he was able to actually remember if he was confessing all his sins. What I find delightful was the superior of the order pointed him to Jesus. The superior of the order told him to trust the merits of Christ. It's lovely. Even in those times, there were people who knew. And eventually, Martin saw it. He understood it. That the righteous shall live by faith. And I know that's an, a, a topic for, another ser- for one of the sermons coming up. But that was the truth. He saw that the righteous will live by faith. And he said that understanding that, it was like being born again. He found peace with God. He no longer had to search, have I remembered all my sins? He could trust Jesus only, that Jesus was sufficient, And his sins were forgiven. He passed that point in his life of understanding the gospel. When the Pope and the Archbishop of of Germany needed money. And they needed to raise money for St. Peter's Basilica and the, 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 the archbishop needed money for whatever archbishops need money for. And how, did the, how could they raise money? Well, they could raise money by selling a thing called indulgences. So, in the belief system of that time, there was heaven purgatory, and hell. If you were a Christian and you had not confessed all your sins and got forgiveness for all your sins, then when you died, you'd go to purgatory. You wouldn't go to heaven. You'd go to purgatory, and in purgatory, you had to, to keep working and, 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 and it, wasn't, it wasn't a great place to go to. And, and then in time, if you'd suffered enough, you could get to heaven. That was what they... So if we were people in, 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 of that time and, and, and you, you've got friends or family who've died, you would not have believed they would have gone to heaven. You would have believed that they'd gone to purgatory. Okay? So in this place called purgatory, they're basically stuck. And then along comes... The sale of indulgences. So this is John Titzel, who was one of the main, one of the most famous preachers for this. Although there were other preachers going around Germany, this is what he says. This is from one of his his sermons. Don't you hear the voices of your dead parents and other relatives crying out to you, "Have mercy on us, for we suffer 
great, greatly, great punishment and pain. From this, you could release us with just a few alms. We created you, fed you, cared for you, and left you our temporal goods. Why do you treat us so cruelly and leave us to suffer in flames when it takes so little to save us? And then famously, as soon as the coin in the coffer rings, the soul from purgatory springs, or from into heaven springs. They were offering people for their dosh, (laughs) they were offering them a chance to get their relative, their dead relatives and friends freed into heaven. So the deal down here means heaven for your relatives. Serious emotional blackmail, eh? Serious stuff. And Martin Luther, Tetzel came to to, to Wittenberg, and Luther had already found faith. He'd found peace with God through Jesus. And therefore, he knew. He knew that what Tetzel was saying, what what these guys were saying in, in churches all around Germany, it wasn't true. They were telling the people lies. They were making it up. You're making it up. Yeah? And because it was not true, he nailed the thing to the door. And the, the, the thing which he nailed to the door was actually an invitation to discuss this. Let's discuss this. Because I don't see how this works, so let's talk about it. Incredibly brave. Incredibly brave. This was what Luther knew. He, Jesus, took our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And that truth, 
that Jesus bore my sin and yours. All of it. All of it. He bore it. He took it away. Yes, 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 yes. He was crushed. He was crushed. He was bruised. He suffered. It wasn't an easy thing for the Holy Lamb of God to have the sin of the world put on his holy soul. Eh? Man. He did it for us. So that we are free. And we are free to live a totally different kind of life. A life literally filled with joy in spite of all the horrible things which we have to deal with. Because Jesus has done it. He has done it. And we can't add to it. All we can do and all we want to do is to spend our lives in gratitude, don't we? That's what life, that's why we live now, because we're so happy. He's done it for us. How do I know that Jesus took away all my sins? Why didn't he just take away some? No, he took away all. Why do I know that he took away all my sins? Why, why do I know that he is sufficient for all my sin? Because he rose again. The resurrection of Jesus from the dead means that the cross event was true. And we can live a new life. And it's Jesus. Jesus only. And actually, we don't need anything else. So come, Lord Jesus. Come, 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 Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come and do a work in our day and in our lives and in Will's life that is just so wonderful. We wouldn't believe it if we were told of it. Amen.